Welcome to the Donmar on Design podcast series. I'm David Jays and this is our opportunity to talk in depth with some of the UK's leading theatre designers. Donmar on Design is a festival celebrating the power of design in theatre and the designers who make it happen. Here we are in a cosy little Donmar dressing room. Light bulbs on the mirrors, makeup, cards, little gifts, and the fantastic Rosie O'Neill, who is um, here for the Donmar on Design podcast. Welcome, Rosie. Hi. <laughs> and um, though we're here in this little room, we could be in in in, in other sorts of places. And um, the place in my head that I would quite like to be at this moment is a very blue place. It's blue on the walls, it's blue on the floor, it's a beautiful, beautiful sea. And in the middle of this space there's a little blue box and on the middle, the top of the blue box there is a red, red, deep red sailing ship. And just the whole sense of being in a world of infinite possibility and also being in a toy box was just the most delightful thing and that is more or less I guess the set that you designed for the unknown island Mm. at the gate and it was one of the most beautiful and delightful spaces I've sat in for years and years so thank you very much much for that so mentally that's where I am but what what about you what are you what if I was to ask what the mood board and your mind was at the moment what are you looking at and thinking about and working on um, different things at the moment actually I'm working on a play um, a new play set in Syria at the moment or well it is Syria but maybe it's not <laughs> but um, so my mind at the moment is filled with and the show's got live goats in it live goats? yeah Cool. so it's filled with uh, those things. <laughs> but also, but outside of my what I'm doing for work, work, I've become really obsessed. Actually, since having done Unknown Island, maybe a bit before, with just the idea mm. of colour. So, I just got posted three days ago by my old tutor a book by Derek Jarman called Chroma. Have you ever read yes. it? Yes. Oh, and that's I'm a beautiful in. Sometimes, you know, when something comes and it really feels like a gift. So I've been reading that in my spare time, read it in the bath this morning. (laughs) And so that's where my brain is, maybe. Wow. And again, that sense of being really steeped in colour. I'm obsessed. I feel like it's a really interesting thing that um, the idea, or I'm really interested in the idea of neutrality, or -hmm. what that means in theatre, or what it's come to mean in theatre, and the way in which that might be problematic. For me, anyway, I mean, yeah. and all sorts of different things, but the sense that, but there's been a lot of, definitely throughout my education, and which was not very long ago, <laughs> and um, uh, lots of looking to Germany and and these places for design, and they make amazing stuff. Not that that's, uh, not that they don't. It's incredible, but a lot of the pa- that palette is very grey and has connections with maybe minimalist art or something, and I've always found that a little bit prob- 
problematic or something or make yeah. or or that a bit of a problem with minimalism in general and and I'm excited at the moment by maybe slightly trying to um dismantle mm-hmm. <laughs> the 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 or, or or explore new possibilities of the word of of color yeah. maybe pink is neutral or maybe orange is or I don't know yeah, 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 if yeah. you yeah yeah that feels like a, uh, an exciting thing to me yeah and I guess if you if the entire world is a deep deep blue as, mm. <laughs> as in the, the gate projection then I guess that becomes a neutral color <laughs> because that becomes the yeah. color of reality exactly yeah exactly so what is and what's rea- what's reality there so I think that it's really this thing of grayness or or bit or whatever being something that feels to us real yeah uh, kind of ridiculous <laughs> quite a miserable yeah, commentary quite, on the world isn't it really if reality is grey describing poverty in theatre you use grey yeah I always find that really shocking and strange because where where where, where did that idea begin yes. I don't know that that somehow that's connected and why yeah. is not you know I don't know yeah blue or orange or pink or, or whatever I don't know yeah um, so colour is where my brain is at at the moment. What a fantastic place yeah. to be! And and of course our responses <coughs> to colour are very emotional as well. Massively. I've just had a really interesting experience with a writer and colour actually, where I chose a colour for a design which for me had no connotations whatsoever, and to her had huge, huge connotations that meant we changed the oh, whole. Really? What it was just set. associated it with? It was very sp- associated with a particular sect. In Syria, that mm-hmm. for me was just like it was meant something totally different to me. So anyway, that was really interesting. Wow. Um, so the arbitrariness of it as well. I don't know, all sorts of different things. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting stuff in your head. Yeah. <laughs> <Rosie>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. There's something I feel very excited at the moment. Mm-hmm. I have to say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway. you're working on fantastic things. Mm. You've been when you've been working at the gate and the yard, the theatre, places like that. You've, I, I think the, uh, the goats uh, play is the goats play. Just goats. Yeah, goats. It? Is at the Royal Court. Yeah. So that's they're, they're good places. Can we say stage debut? Design oh award? yeah, big congratulations. Award. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, but as you as you say, you're not really long. Um, out of out of uh, education, no. which is why it's really lovely that you're you're um, taking part in this because we're talking to designers at all different stages of their careers and asking what the the role feels like, what the what um, that kind of engagement feels like to them at their particular stage of, of life and work, and so to talk to someone who's just entering this this world and. Finding out what that's like is, is going to be, I think, really interesting. Mm. As you know, we've asked you to bring along three images or sets of images, something that connects to a production you've worked on, something that connects to a particular place that might um, inspire you or feed your imagination, and, and perhaps we should start with the, this one, which is something from your... Um, your your youthful work, the yeah. early works. <laughs> we were just saying, weren't we, before um, we started that this is a bit... Yeah, because my work at uni, or my work that I made at university, still feels very much pretty um, relevant to me now. So yeah. looking back a little bit further to my art foundation and 
I think I thought that I wanted to do be a fine artist or a sculptor or something when I was studying or do English American literature. Oh wow. Anyway, so those were the kind of two things that were in my brain. And this project, so the image that um, I have bought is a photograph of a dress that I had to make for one of the sections of um, my art foundation was doing textiles and I made a dress. It's kind of like a white period (coughs) nighty thing. It was a bit painstaking to make. (laughs) And um, when it was finished, I had a very big desire to um, burn it, <laughs> to set fire to it, or to make it into something um, kind of not dead or something. Yeah. So, uh, so it was I, something you could just stick in a glass case or, or yeah, it wasn't wasn't right. It was yeah. like, and I was excited. I think by the chaos of burning something, mm. I was reading lots of stuff at that time and was really obsessed with action art from the sixties and um, uh, some stuff that was made in Europe mm. during kind of communist rule and anyway that was the kind of stuff that I was really mad about so I guess I was inspired by that or something chaos and destruction and just like <laughs> I don't know yeah so that was uh, so this photograph just shows this dress oh. on fire and I think how did you do it I just took it about. out into yeah. the field near my house just that lit it. And with little films as well, actually. Yeah. So there was a little film and some photographs and stuff. But, um, yeah, I think there's definitely a line between that and things that I make now. Is that I kind of, yeah, I love things that you can't control yeah. in the live context. Anyway, yeah. Well, welcome to a herd of goats. Yeah, well. exactly. <laughs> I know. Well, let's see. What I say after that? But anyway. I'm really now looking forward to your production of Pride and Prejudice, <laughs> instead of Lizzie Bennet enters sedately in a period dress, it's Lizzie Bennet enters well, with her I dress on fire. I'm version of Three Sisters <gasps> with um, Rash Dash, who are an amazing company. Yeah. And, uh, so let's see what that'll be like. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Expect yeah. flames. Exactly. <laughs> and I, and it's interesting you talk about the different ways, I mean, even at that stage, when you, you the different directions you were tugged at. At what point did that kind of coalesce as theatre being the thing that you should... Well, I don't direct? think it was even I really realised I wanted to be a theatre designer until I was maybe even halfway through uni. I still thought, oh, I'm just going to study this. Right. And then I'll make sculpture. Or I'll study... Sculpture is an element of performance, so I'll just study yeah. this and I'll da-da-da-da, or I'll be an academic or something else and um, I started working when I was at university with another course which is called CDT and was set up by some associates of Complicite and they so it's collaborative and devised theatre course and I did hmm. two projects with them at university and uh, the, that just really spoke to me I suppose that there wasn't like model box but a bit of a bit of research to the same <laughs> on it was like um very much being in the room with people exp- exploring objects it's often in kind of a sculpture way talking a lot about ideas um uh yeah kind of just being one of a group of collabor- collaborators who's 
job it was to basically keep an eye on what it looked like, but also be involved in everything else. Yeah. So uh, doing those things, uh, yeah, I suppose was the time where I was like, this probably is something I want to try for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and here you still are. Yeah, here I am, yeah. <laughs> what does it, so for you, um, the, the importance of, of the course isn't about... Uh, uh, giving you a set of particular skills. It's almost, it sounds like it, the, the really important thing is opening you to a set of provocations and, and possibilities. At university? Yeah. Or? Um, when, when, and when you're studying uh, theatre yeah, design? Oh, yeah, when I was studying it. Well, um, it was, it, yeah. I had two really cool tutors. Mm-hmm. One called um, Aldona Cunningham, who worked with Julia Bardsley, and she was just great really interesting designer and then another one who was this very serious frightening French academic called Simon Donger who had a little bulldog called bananas anyway and he was and they were both great and really um, very kind of I don't know European or experiment or something in their Mm. approach to what theatre could be so uh, they were very much, they were kind of more into ideas than they were into craft, I think, mm-hmm. which was really useful for me and not so useful for some other people that are like, but look at all these things I've made, aren't they beautiful? <laughs> They'll be like, yeah, but. Um, so, and I think that's uh, what that was. For. It was much more a process of coming to understand what I felt about making performance and why I thought it was important and the kind of performance I wanted to make than it was skills based, which in some ways it's served me well in some ways it's not served me so well I don't know yeah <laughs> well, do you I'm feel you're still sort world... of picking up the skilled stuff as you, as yeah, you go totally. along yeah totally definitely yeah. in fact and learning ways because I'm not what am I I'm not that technical a person actually well whatever that means <laughs> and I'm still learning new ways of making stuff so I've started using a lot of like 3D modelling on the computer right because it's really fast, whereas it takes me quite a long time to make a uh, card model mm. or whatever. So I always feel like I'm having to do things in funny ways that work for me because the yeah. um, actual kind of established method I find pretty frustrating yeah. and limiting. And uh, yeah. And I guess some of the spaces you've already worked have been, but part of the point of them is that they're very, very, very flexible yeah. spaces. They don't have that, you know, to put it very bluntly, they're certainly not a proscenium yeah, art yeah. theatre where <laughs> the audience and the stage are in a particular kind of relation. They're much more anything goes kind of spaces. And I don't know if that makes it easier or if, in fact, that makes it harder because no, it there's no limit. No, it makes it way better, I think, for me. Uh, I. Um, I find having now doing this first thing I've ever done in the proscenium arch, mm. what I find really hard is that the relationship that the space has to the audience is already decided. Mm. I mean, obviously there's things you can do, but they're quite bold and they feel, anyway, maybe this hasn't been the right thing to, to do them on or whatever, but I all, I think I start most or have done so far, started most projects or reading or whatever, thinking about 
the bodies of the actors and the bodies of the audience and what relationship I'd like them to have or what relationship feels like it would be a useful way of talking about a certain thing. And in this, so yeah, the flexibility of that is great. And then also, it's I, when I start thinking about stuff being in theatres, I get quite stressed. So if I can think about them as rooms, then it's much better. It's like, I'm just going to do this thing in this room, yeah. make this room blue, or da 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 yeah. that, that, I can, in my brain, feels very manageable and containable. And then when it suddenly goes into a theatre, I'm like, oh my God, and then the <laughs> stuff's going to fly, and da 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 and it's going to, you know, that, I suddenly get quite stressed. So, um, yeah, rooms are good for me. Yeah. And it's interesting you say that about bodies as well, because that, that sense of the, perform- the performer's body being a crucial part. But is that hard to design in when you're thinking about something in, in, in a relatively abstract way? Yeah, it's a really good question. And it's something that I sort of think... Well, I try, <laughs> and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, uh-huh. I guess. Yeah. And... Um, I really want to spend the next bit of time. I've got some different things going on next year which are going to allow me to do a bit more researchy stuff, not mm. just making stuff. Um, have some money from some different things. So, and the one of the things I really want to test out is what it means to design with a body in the space, not separate. Yeah. Um. Because I'm sure that interesting, I'm sure that great stuff will come from that, and surprising stuff, yeah. and new stuff. And I guess that's the way that company, you know, when you have like a company of mm. people work, you know, uh, like, you know, Gob Squad or da 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 da. Those people yeah. that make together all the time. Yeah. But for a designer who isn't a performer, just to really be thinking about the body as the m- most important material you have. And everything else being there to support that. I don't know. Yeah. So that's the what Rather I would like. Rather than have it come in at a relatively late stage, totally. when perhaps things are too fixed to exactly. Play and with. It, sometimes it feels like you give somebody a model and you're like, do some acting on this. <laughs> 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 Which I am sure that there must be something that can come from. I don't know a more um, holistic or yeah process. Yeah. But I don't know what it is. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's quite because I've almost wondered whether sort of your fine art brain would be thinking of performers as something that was you know messing up the beautiful finished no, perfect, but clearly not. Because even though it was fine art, it was always really performance. Yeah. I was uh, interested, and I think. Did you see lots of theatre growing up? When did that become part of? Not really. A little bit. I saw. Not really very much at all. I lived in Gloucestershire. Um, I saw some, like, I thought Annie. Oh. I remember. <laughs> it's a rite of passage, probably. Yeah. You could, um, and um, some other stuff. But it was more just reading and watching stuff and. Uh, yeah, there was a, my sister. Her, um, and her partner were really interested in the movement called Arte Povera, mm. which is very famous. And I remember, in fact, they named one of their sons after one of the artists. And I remember there being a p- 
piece of work called the Di- by Giuseppe Pannone called The Dimensions of My Body in a Stream. So, <laughs> trippy. But anyway, and that's all it was. It was just like this little box, which is a um, thing, in a stream. And some, and I found that very moving. And I, it was like little things like that, I think, that were like, da 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 building up to something, which was like, oh, I definitely know that I'm interested in materials and bodies. Yeah. And time-based stuff, I think, stuff that just happens and then isn't there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so it is the perfect thing yeah. for you to be doing. I get no. I, I was really interested when I read some of the um, sort of uh, pieces you've written on theatre websites or production blogs, um, uh, just you know, offering a tiny hint into your, your, the way you work about the different kinds of things that seem to feed your research. It's not. I mean, you know, for, say for example, with the unknown island, I would have guessed that the toys and and things oh, yeah. were in there, but. I think sixties performance art was in there, in, in other projects. There's been sort of Japanese TV and just all sorts of things. How do how how do you know what's going to feed your imagination, or are you just kind of travelling blind? I don't know. Actually, um, Unknown yeah. Island was a really interesting one because I read the story. I was staying in Plymouth actually, working for Tom Scott uh-huh. on a different project, and I got sent the story, and I read it and was really moved by it. And then, so we should say, probably before we go on, oh, yeah. that it's um, story by Jose Saramango. Yeah. Um, and it's a f- sort of fable. It's mm. kind of like a fairy story that you think already existed but didn't quite. Mm-mm. About a man who, who who decides to go out in search of an unknown island, um, and 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 it was a production of the gate. And in fact, I think it's we should probably also say that your second image, the image of something you worked on uh, and that you yeah. cherish, is indeed the model box yeah. for um, this production. So, I mean, I, I kind of gave my own rather inaccurate, <laughs> impressionistic description, but, but perhaps it's best if you describe it. I, um, oh, okay, so it's, um, for those of you who don't know the space, it's the gate is a tiny little theatre. It is a shoebox. Um, it's so it? small, and um, we put the we put seats all the way around the edge of the space so all everyone could see each other, um, all the audience members, and we took out. I don't know. There's all sorts of different bits and bobs from the gate that you wouldn't necessarily realise were there if you saw it. Um, Thing, but we took everything out so the kind of shape of the room was very bare, uh, very visible, I suppose. And then we wrapped um, the floor and the ceiling and the walls in uh, the fabric that is used to make modern sails. <laughs> um, in a kind of really uh, electric blue and sprayed the lights blue. And at the end of the space, we discovered when we were making the show, there was a sash window which we wrapped <laughs> as well um, but it was able to open so there was something about um, a very sealed very intimate space but that also uh, had a little portal into the outside world but what was your question research or yes so sorry that was just me interrupting but yeah, yeah. but you were talking about how when you first read the story oh when I first read the story it was I um I had so many images in my head mm. and just wrote wrote some of them down 
some of them I knew, some of them were by artists that I knew, and I felt like connected to those, and I put them all in a big folder. Um, and but when I was reading, I had a very, very, very strong image of the gate being blue. Ping! It kind of just popped into my head <laughs> like a little thing. And anyway, in in amongst the images, there was this image of a blue room. And then the first time I met Ellen to talk about it, and I'd shared this image, she was like, "Oh my God, blue room." Out of all these images, and I was like, "Yeah, and she was like, let's just do that." <laughs> <laughs> and so mm-hmm. it was actually in a way there wasn't loads of, and then other obviously other stuff happened in that room, and that, um, uh, yeah. It must be nice when you have a moment like that with with Ellen McDougall, the director, where you don't have to explain anything, where somehow you're both have gone from zero to whatever onto the same page. But I'm sure that's the way that the best stuff gets made because as much as, much as you can say or as much as you can intellectualise or rationalise uh, design, hmm. depends, but a, an audience is feeling, a person, when you see something, you're feeling. Yeah. You know, so if you feel something big and powerful about a thing, there's a good chance I think that other people will. Um, and that's the kind of work that I want to see. Mm. So it's probably the work that I make, which is kind of to do with instinct or, I don't know, a shared feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, not too clever. <laughs> <laughs> I would dispute this, having but seen you your know. work. But, yeah. yeah. It's interesting because I think we always think of the writer's work, the actor's work, being quite emotional, quite personal often. But, I mean, it's clear from the way that you're talking that design works best when it's personal to the designer, when there's a, a very strong connection there. I've, it's a really interesting thing, that, because I've been thinking about this a lot. Because, um, so, I definitely have some ideas that I want to try out in my work like and I think I just try, and I often and I have tried out the same ideas maybe well, maybe on everything which is just like the material <laughs> so another show I did um, Big Guns that was a rubber black rubber everything was black rubber slope with it was very tricky to walk around and things got poured on it and milkshake and all sorts of other things and there's little Burrow for the actors. So that was t- equally to do with kind of bodies and material. And then mm. another thing I did, which was called, well, I can't, maybe it's not a swear word. Cock? I don't think that counts as a swear <laughs> word. Hard cock. <laughs> um, was a kind of pink painted marble floor and that had Vaseline on it. So it's kind of an exploration. Lots of it between bodies and materials and yeah. colour, I suppose. Really crudely. <laughs> um, but I feel like there's a thing on designers where more than a director or writer that they that any designer can make any design mm. do you, that sounds silly but what I mean by that is that I feel like the desires of the designer are often not explored or discussed yeah. or um, allowed sometimes mm-hmm. that they'd be like well no you just have to come up with the perfect design for this play yeah um which I think other, there are other people who are maybe better at doing that than me. So I think, you know, because maybe I'm quite limited. I, but, but um, 
so yeah, being emotional, being or being very much being part of you, that uh, that means that I can't just do anything. Yeah, a house in Cuba, or something, or a thing yeah. that, that looks like a real house. That would feel so weird to me. Yeah. I'd be like, that's none none of my um, desire is in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> or yeah. something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And is that also when you go and see productions? Is the stuff that you tend to respond to not? Super. It's a beautifully <gasps> reproduced house in Cuba. Well, like sometimes I think. I think that's amazing, and I'm like really impressed. And I'm like, and it's incredible to me because it's so different from my brain. Yeah. So, um, I, I can I feel like wow, that's <laughs> great. But the stuff that I like love and that moves me is, um, I feel like it's almost always when you can feel that it's just a thing that somebody's. Yeah. Did you see? another show at the yard um, This Beautiful Future oh yes and I thought the design for that was so beautiful oh, that's gorgeous and it felt so romantic in such a strange way I don't know there was something in that that really felt like I was like oh I am yeah it's um, moving yeah just to look at or something anyway yeah. yeah also with little baby chickens I know so I, think well, you I kind feel of like <laughs> Cecile who designed the show won in that instance <laughs> that was that was rather fantastic yeah yeah but before we get on to goat wrangling, <laughs> um, I do, as, as someone who's entering the profession, you've already, as I said, done a lot of stuff, really, in just it seems like quite a short time. Is it, is it a welcoming profession? Have you, how, has, how has the sort of the entry been for you? Is it? Um, interesting, actually. I think it's a really hard job mm. in lots of ways welcoming um yeah to i mean yeah in a way it's like i don't do that much of my other part other bit of my life in theater if you know what i mean so mm -hmm. i tend to try and just work and then do other stuff yeah from a work point of view, I think sometimes, but I also think sometimes it's really tough, and mm. people are, people expect an awful lot of you, mm. like this emotion, the emotional stuff, yes, right, which takes a lot out of you, but then also an enormous amount of your time, and yeah. um, I I often feel like if a job, nobody knows who should do the job, then it's probably the designer, <laughs> <laughs> but by default, yeah. Um, <laughs> In a way that actors and, da, 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 and other people are kind of protected yeah. by unions and working hours and, yeah. and, da, da, and directors by the yeah. kind of whatever. There's a, there's a designer you can sort of be uh, by yourself kind of working, mm. you know, one in the morning. Right. You know, without yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and especially I guess in smaller places as well, where it's not as if there'll be a huge team. Yeah, which is not bad or you. good. It's not that it's bad. It's just that it's um can be a bit lonely, mm. maybe. Yeah, maybe. I have heard designers say that what they'd like about the job is that you're the one person who gets to connect with everybody. Yeah, with the cast, with the director, with the writer, with the technical team, with you know, with people who are making stuff. Um, ev because everyone needs that particular input from from you. So in that way, I guess it's quite sociable. But then again, you're the only. There's still only the one of you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is it sociable? I feel. I, I mean, I don't know. I I feel like 
when it's great, when you're having really interesting conversations with all those people, mm-hmm. um, it can feel really brilliant and like you're part of an amazing community. But when you're feeling overwhelmed, it can feel like a lot of people are demanding a lot of different things from you. What, lots of questions yeah. coming your way? Yeah. Right. Um, I don't know. It's an interesting thing, I think, as a, as a theatre, as an industry, because like there aren't that many jobs mm. and they're not that well paid. And I feel like I wish there was more of a sense of solidarity between, or there was more of a way of feeling solidarity between um, other young designers because I feel like there sometimes could be a bit of a, you know, well, well, you're all in competition. Yeah, you got that job, and, and we yeah. both went up for that thing, and, and yeah. it feels like that is a real shame because one, we're probably in the best position to support each other, but also because. Um, ideas like percolate mm. quite cross pollination of ideas I feel it doesn't yeah. actually happen that much yeah which I guess this is grateful <laughs> yeah um, yeah yeah and I guess actually that because you're you're taking part in, in the, one of the, the panel discussions at the, in the design festival probably that's one of the times few times those sorts of events are when designers get to talk to each other because yeah. I guess you're you often obviously the only designer in the room or you'll be Perhaps working with a with a, an older, more established mm-hmm. designer um, as, as as an associate or as an assistant. So, but to actually talk with your peers, so uh, nice. Yeah, it must be rare. Yeah, really rare, and a real shame because I feel like there's not that much good kind of yeah communal thinking thought about what design might be. In the same way there is about directing or writing, mm. like all the millions of possibilities of what it could be, and yeah. I wonder if that is because um, designers are so overworked and <laughs> there isn't that much, there isn't much space for them to come together. Yeah. And I always think it's, you know, you get all sorts of mad ways of directing or processes that are totally bonkers, and yeah. you just say, oh, sh- they're brilliant, they. I don't know, whatever it is that they do, lie in a room and everyone <laughs> turns the lights off and they listen to music and then they write down their feelings or whatever. And I think, why doesn't that happen in design? Why, yeah. isn't, why, isn't, why isn't there like a million... I mean, obviously people have different things that they do, but really to kind of formally break mm-hmm. or, 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 or tear apart that process, I don't hear about that very much, yeah. which I think is a shame because it's everything you see, yeah. you know, on stage, which is massive. And it would be great to just try and reimagine for a second what that might be, yeah. even if it's crap. <laughs> the outcome, I don't know, yeah. So there's a sort of sense, perhaps, that for, for you as a designer, if you're going to take those sort of leaps forward or steps forward, possibly not forward, mm. possibly, but, you know, to thinking about different ways of working, different ways of approaching, you're going to have to do that for yourself. Feels like it. Yeah. Which is both exciting and terrifying, because... Yeah. Yeah. There's a thing I always want to be able to make crap stuff. <laughs> but, um Yeah, and see what it's like. Yeah. In order to make great stuff. Yeah. Cuz I think it's hard to make great stuff without making loads of crap stuff first. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing I get a bit jealous of fine artists about, I think, that you right. can just do a painting or <laughs> do a sculpture and that's your practice and you don't have to show it to anyone. And, and no one has to try and no act in it. Exactly. <laughs> and, and you can just be like, okay, well, that didn't quite work. But, I'll do, but when you do something as a designer, 
everybody sees it and it's so exposing and and your and your whatever your reputation your 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 the possibility of getting more work or whatever um yeah so that's a a, a wish i have to make to be allowed to make crap <laughs> <laughs> That's a good wish. <laughs> if we could grant you wishes, <laughs> that is the one. Um, let us, if we don't mind, just no, leave the theatre for a moment and go to third image or set of images that we've asked you. The place that the, that really speaks to you, um, and uh, and we're going outside, aren't we? Yes. For this one. So where where are we? Um, I uh, Stewart's Field, which is. Um, Interesting, actually, this little bit of land that my stepdad has in Dursley, which is in Gloucestershire. And it's an amazing place that I spent quite a lot of time in when I was growing up. And I chose it. I t- So, for the podcast, Tom asked us, I can't remember the exact wording, but it was like, a place that really... Uh, means something to you or mm. speaks to you or a building or something and I this place really popped into my brain mm-hmm. and it's an orchard really a couple of acres and it's filled with fruit trees and all sorts of things but also just all this stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> because uh, I think my mum and Stuart are both kind of hoarders in a way of, often lovely things but just mm-hmm. a lot of stuff because we're not talking when you say field. We're not talking neat ploughed rows no. and everything. We're not talking neat little orchard, miniature dwarf trees in in, in delightful lines. No, it's, it's bonkers. It's, um, <laughs> so there's uh, bathtubs filled with plants and kind of generators that have been there for years, and a Land Rover that hasn't been. I don't know what's happening there. And I was saying in, the, in one of the pictures I sent to David, there's a high chair just in the middle of the in the of the. Woods, oh yeah, and who knows how that got there? But there's something totally amazing about it to me that it's about the kind of um, I don't know the juxtaposition or the funny essay word yeah. between the um, organic and the man-made, and then also just objects just placed in places for no particular reason. <laughs> it does look from the photos you sent as if it's kind of ready for a site-specific I know. promenade production of like Grimm's fairy tales or something from the red, red apples to just, as you say, these very unexpected <laughs> objects just sitting there <laughs> waiting for Hansel and Gretel to kind of <laughs> wander into them. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, and I think there's something in it that was very formative just it was like just playful I guess mm. there's the, like as yeah. much as it looks manky or whatever there's <laughs> a sense of it just being like he thinks it's the most wonderful thing in the world and so do we yeah um, and were you allowed to run yeah free in it? you weren't there was no kind of oh, no. don't touch the land rover no, oh god no, please no. don't there climb wasn't up really that. anything with any of my stuff as a kid really uh-huh. um, it was always very playful um, or unprecious actually more than anything mm-hmm. but and I feel like there's a spirit of that in my work I'm always amazed when I see when I hear about people who are like perfectionists and they're like oh you know I was reading about Stanley Kubrick mm. the other day and how he would just do things over and over again and I am so and I just want things to be done <laughs> yeah. really fast so I can see what they're like and then do something else right. um, and, <laughs> and that feel and there's a kind of spirit of that in, in, in that place it's just yeah. like 
well, we we need a beehive because we want to get some bees right now, and that's the most important thing. So let's put one up as quickly as possible. Fine, great. Next thing, we need to plant, and and that, and and that just yeah, the energy of that or something. It feels like it's very much in me. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that. <laughs> That sense that you've got to write, bees, go! I know, exactly, yeah, totally, right. And there's always, like, we, uh, we, there's this also a bit of woodland that we planted, and um, it's all ash, and at the moment there's awful disease in Britain. Mm. Basically, all the ash trees are dying, and it's going to totally change the landscape. But anyway, we are at the moment, or Stuart is at the moment, replanting a whole woodland, and it's, like, so crazy and manic just like getting all these trees da, 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 replanting and we were driving the other day last Sunday on the way back from visiting and I was talking to him he was like I'll never see them it's quite an amazing thing to think that he's planting all these trees oh, so important and yeah. you won't really ever see no. them grow but it's there's generations to come isn't it yeah but there's something about maintaining this ecosystem or giving this thing there's all these deers that roam around there and they eat everything and you always think, why wouldn't you, I don't know, protect your trees? It's like, I don't care, for, it's for them. I don't yeah. know, it's very lovely, yeah. That is really beautiful. Mm. I love that. And, that and, and to have started in the small shoeboxy, wrapped in sailcloth space and end up in this beautiful outdoors, mad, yeah. <laughs> really quite anarchic space, I think is, is, is a gorgeous place to end. Yeah. So, Rosie, thank you so much no for talking to us for the, for the podcast. It's been an absolute joy. Yes, thank um, you. Thank you. You've been listening to the Donmar on Design podcast series. Visit donmarwarehouse.com to find more podcasts with world-class theatre makers.